Welcome to the Gospel of Grace radio broadcast, a primitive Baptist ministry declaring the good news of the finished work of salvation by grace alone. This program is brought to you weekly by Elder Joe Nettles, pastor of Sulphur Springs Primitive Baptist Church in Caledonia, Mississippi, and Elder David Wise, pastor of Macedonia Primitive Baptist Church in Ackerman, Mississippi. Stay tuned for today's message. Welcome to the Gospel of Grace radio broadcast. This is Elder David Wise here with you this morning, and, and we're thankful to be able to share time on this radio program with Elder Joe Nettles and our joint partnership with Macedonia Primitive Baptist Church in Ackerman, Mississippi, and Sulphur Springs Primitive Baptist Church in Caledonia, Mississippi. We would invite you to come and worship with us on Sunday mornings at 10.30 a.m., and then also come out and see us in Starkville, Mississippi, on Wednesday nights at 6 p.m. at 200 West Garrett Road at the New Covenant Church facility. Go to our website, gospel-of-grace.com. You'll be able to find past messages and links to our iTunes podcast. And also go to macedonia-pbc.org for messages and other writings, articles, books, and content. Be sure and contact us through our website. Email us if you want to write us a letter. We'd certainly love to get that as well. And if you have any questions that we could help you with, we'd certainly love to do our best to correspond respond with you. So we'd love to hear from you. Please email us if you feel so inclined. Today we would like to begin a series on the will of God. I know many people struggle to discern God's will in their life and we hope to be able to consider that together from the word of God and we hope you stay tuned with us today and the message is edifying and a blessing to you.
Thank you for staying tuned to the Gospel of Grace radio broadcast today. During my time on the program, we would like to begin a series considering the will of God. The will of God. And I know that as Christians, as believers, we desire to follow God's will in our life. God, after we've been born again by the Holy Spirit, God gives us the Spirit in our hearts that gives us an unction to follow God's will for our life. But the challenge is discerning God's will, discerning God's will in our life, and also discerning God's will according to the Scriptures. And obviously, I'll go ahead and give my disclaimers on this series on the will of God on the front end. Obviously, I don't have any special knowledge or revelation about the will of God. I'm still trying to walk by faith myself and take one step at a time, and hopefully the Lord's guiding hand, as he has in the past, he's guided me according to his will, even in spite of my mistakes, even in spite of my missteps. The Lord has still guided the pathway providentially in my life, and I sure am thankful for that, and I'm sure you are too. If you've seen God's overruling hand of providence in his will to bless you in spite of yourself. I know I've seen that in my life. But the real challenge for us is to understand what God's providential will is for our life. And we'll consider, Lord willing, in the next message, three different types of God's will. God's sovereign will, which is a unilateral will that he decrees something according to his will. And as the sovereign of this universe, it absolutely will come to pass. But then we have another aspect, another type of God's will that's God's commanded will or his prescribed will, that it's the will of God that we abstain from fornication. It's the will of God that we give thanks in everything. It's the will of God that we submit to earthly governmental authority. It's God's will that we carry out good works to his praise and glory. But as we well know, all of those things that I just described that are clearly stated in the word of God as being God's will, we know that God's will in that prescribed commanded sense is not all always perfectly carried out in this world. And then we have God's providential will, that God guides you in a pathway and in steps that are specific to you and specific to your life and specific to the full utilization of your spiritual gifts. So we have three different aspects of God's will. We have God's sovereign will, his commanded will, and then God's providential will. And we will articulate those in the next message, but we will spend most of our time throughout the furtherance of this series considering God's providential will, because that's really what we mean when we say, what is God's will for my life? Is it God's will for me to make this decision, or is it God's will for me to make this other decision? Is it God's will to take job A or B? Is it God's will for me to marry person C or D, right? So these decisions that we have to make, and how do we discern God's will? How do we know if God is in this or maybe in my own mind and in my own heart? Maybe I'm following my own fleshly desires, and maybe this is not God's will. Maybe it's just my preference that I'm trying to impose on God's will. And those are all difficult decisions, right? I know I've struggled with that, and I certainly still haven't got it all figured out. But I know that sincere children of God desire to carry out God's will for their life, and hopefully we can consider from the Word of God the way in which 
we can make decisions to discern God's providential will for our life. So we hope in future messages to articulate those things for you. But today, we just want to start at step one as we think about God's will. What is God's ultimate will? God's ultimate will in whatever area it carries itself out, whether it be God's sovereign will of choosing a people to save and the things he does sovereignly by himself, whether it be God's commanded will that we are commanded to voluntarily submit to in obedience and discipleship, or whether it be God's providential will that's guiding you to a specific action and a specific course and pathway of your life. What is the overarching theme of all of God's will in whatever aspect it's carried out in? Well, God's will is ultimately his glory. God's will is ultimately his praise and honor and exaltation and his glory, okay? So in whatever way we talk about God's will, we always need to understand the end result of that. The end result that God will guide you according to his will, the end result of God choosing out a people to save sovereignly according to his will before the world began was what? To the praise of the glory of his grace. Well, God's commanded will, his law, was for the purpose of exalting his glory and his majesty. And then, obviously, God's providential will is not just so you will be the most comfortable in your life, but ultimately, God's providential will is for his glory as well, that when God does providentially bless us and guide us on the right pathway, he gives you an understanding that I didn't do that myself. I didn't make that decision all by myself. No, God providentially guided me according to his will in spite of myself, right? And all of that, and again, in whatever aspect God's will is manifested, all of that is for God's glory. God's will is ultimately for God's glory. And he's worthy to be praised, amen? He's worthy to be glorified. And this really just gets us back to the basic premise, the basic focus of God's people, of Christian discipleship, and our purpose. What's our purpose here in life? What's our purpose? God made his creation. God made his people. God chose his people for what purpose? For his glory. And we need to make sure that we are reminded of that, that we know that, that that is our, our baseline foundation that undergirds our entire life, that undergirds all the decisions that we make. Why are we here? Why are we here? Why did God make us? Why did God give us natural life? Why did God give us spiritual life? Why did God choose the elect to salvation before the world began? For his glory. For his glory. And that is the driving force of our life. It describes Jesus as saying, my meat is to do the will of him that sent me. Well, when we do the will of him that sent me, God is glorified, right? So my meat, my desire, my the thing that sustains me just in the same way that natural food sustains me, what sustains me on a day-in, day-out basis? It should be following the will of God that God would be glorified, right? So that is our sustenance. That is our strengthening on a daily basis is submitting to the will of God, following the word of God, pursuing the word of God. And our meat is to do his will. And when we do his will, he is glorified. And that's what we desire is for Christ to be exalted, for Christ to be glorified in our life, because that is the entire purpose of why God made his creation 
and why we are here. And that needs to be your driving force on a day-in, day-out basis. And the scriptures bear that out. So let's look at these verses, this consistent teaching all throughout the Word of God that our purpose in life is the praise and the glory of God. Okay? So many people in this world are looking for a purpose. They don't know what their purpose is. Children of God that are not making good decisions, they are in chastisement and in many times judgment of the Lord, and they feel that sorrow of soul, they feel a conviction, but they don't yet know how to channel that conviction. They don't know how to how to channel that godly sorrow. It's supposed to lead them to repentance and service to God and ultimately for his glory. But instead, they feel a conviction and they try to drown out that conviction with things of the world. They try to drown out that conviction with alcohol or drugs or sexual promiscuity or greed or money or, you know, just fill in the blank. People have a spiritual void and they try to fill it with natural things of this world. And if you do that, you will always end up like Solomon. You will always end up saying, it's all vanity and vexation of spirit. No, the child of God is supposed to be poured out for the glory of God, okay? And we need to make sure we understand that because if we don't understand our purpose, many children of God, many Christians don't understand their purpose. And when you pursue purpose in money, if you pursue purpose in your career, even if you pursue purpose in things that are good and wholesome and God-ordained, such as your family or your, or your kids, if you pursue your purpose in things other than Jesus Christ and things other than the glory of Christ, you will always feel unsatisfied, okay? So what is our purpose? What is the purpose of God's people? It's the glory of God. Isaiah chapter 43, verses 7 and then verse 21. Even everyone that is called by my name, for I have created him. Why were we created? I have created him for my glory. I have formed him. Yea, I have made him. Verse 21, this people have I formed for myself. They shall show forth my praise. Romans chapter 9, describing the election and God's choosing of a people there, described figuratively by Jacob. Jacob have I loved and Esau have I hated and him choosing to bestow his favor and grace upon them. He says there in that context, speaking of them that had been chosen, that he might make known the riches of his glory on the vessels of mercy, which he had afore prepared unto glory. Now, why did God, first of all, we'll come back to his salvation of sinners in just a moment. Why did God create this world? Why did God make creation? He was content in the three persons of the Godhead before the world began. Why did God see fit to make creation? To manifest his glory. And natural creation manifests and declares the glory of God. Psalm 19, verse 1. The heavens declare the glory of God, and the firmament showeth his handiwork. Day unto day uttereth speech, and night unto night showeth knowledge. There is no speech nor language where their voice is not heard. Their line is gone out throughout all the earth, and their words to the end of the world. So the heavens declare the glory of God. When you look up and you see the majesty of this creation, and also the intricacy and the detail of this creation, it leads you 
especially if you're born again and you have the capacity to understand spiritual things. You look at this and you understand that this the heavens and the earth are greater than you and they're made by someone that's greater than you. And the heavens declare the glory of God and the, the gospel of creation that declares the glory of God is manifest in every nation. Because everyone can look up at the stars at night and realize that there's a higher power than them. The heavens declare the glory of God. And what was the pinnacle of creation? All of creation declares the glory of God. But what was the pinnacle of creation? Well, man was the pinnacle of creation, right? So God made us for the glory of God. He created us for his glory and his pleasure. Revelation chapter 4 and verse 11, thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power, for thou hast created all things, and for thy pleasure, according to your will, if you'll let me add that in there, for thy pleasure, they are and were created. For God's glory and his pleasure and his will, he created all the things we see around us, but especially he had the pinnacle of creation on the sixth day where he made man Man in his own image for his glory. Now we know that man fell into sin and he was in a deplorable condition. God knew what would happen before he made Adam. He knew he would be tempted. He didn't cause it, but he knew that it would happen. And before the creation of this world, God covenanted in himself to save a people, to choose out a people to save. And, and we use that language even today of a last will and testament. So a will identifies heirs to the will. And before the world began, God chose out by his free and sovereign grace, he chose out unworthy sinners to bestow grace and favor upon. He chose out heirs and he signed, if you will, the eternal last will and testament and covenant in the three persons of the Godhead. He made a covenant to save his people from their sins. Now, why did God do all that? Why did God do all that? Why did God choose out a people to save? Why did he covenant in himself to save those people? Why did God do all that? That's articulated for us in Ephesians chapter 1. Begin reading in verse 5. Having predestinated us. Verse 4 talks about election. Verse 5 talks about predestination. Election and predestination. Why did God do that? Why did God choose out a people and then fix their final destination? Having predestinated us under the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to himself according to the good pleasure of his will. Because it seemed good for him to do so. But, but what was the underlying purpose of his will to do that? to the praise of the glory of his grace. You see, God chose out of people, why? To glorify him for choosing them. And that's that's our purpose here in this world, right? If we've been saved by grace and we have an understanding of that, we praise and glorify God for saving us. And we will do that perfectly in eternity. Not all of God's children are going to praise his grace here in this world perfectly, but in eternity that we've been predestinated unto heaven, in eternity we will praise his grace perfectly. So why did God choose out of people to save? Why did he covenant to save those people? Why? To the praise of the glory of his grace. And that continues on there in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 11. In whom also we have obtained an inheritance, being predestined, 
predestinated according to the purpose of him who worketh all things after the counsel of his own will, that we should be to the praise of his glory. Continuing in verse 14, which is the earnest of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession unto the praise of his glory. You see, God chose out a people for his glory. 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 9 to 10. You're a chosen generation. You're an elected generation. Election means to choose. You are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people. Why? Why did God do all that? Why did God choose you out? That you should show forth the praises of him who hath called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. God has called you to manifest his glory in your life. 1 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 31. Whether therefore you eat or drink, whatsoever you do, do all to the glory of God. In other places it says, whatsoever you do, do it heartily as unto the Lord. Every action we undertake, even the menial things like eating and drinking, we do it to what? To the glory and the exaltation of God. 1 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 19. What? Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which you have of God and not your own? You've been bought with a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. Ephesians chapter 3 and verse 21. Unto him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus throughout all ages, world without end. Amen. Those have been chosen and set aside and sanctified in the assembly of the church. What's our purpose of the church? What's the purpose of the local body of the church? Unto him be glory in the church, right? So the context of our life in the church is what? The glory of God, not our comfort, not our ease, not not us feeling happy and, and nice and comfortable all the time. No, it's the glory of God. And many times God's will will guide us to places where we're not physically comfortable, right? It describes if you suffer according to God's will. Sometimes we suffer according to God's will. It's not always physically comfortable, but we undertake that with the right spirit for the what? For the exaltation and the glory of God. We do good works. Why? Not so men would look at our good works, but they would see our good works and glorify God. Matthew chapter 5 and verse 16. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and what? Glorify your Father, which is in heaven, right? We do good works to exalt God, to glorify God. That people would look at us and, and they know what sinners we are. They know how far short we fall and they see our good works and they say, wow, God must be blessing him to do that. Even they glorify the Lord. And that's our hope and desires. Men would see our manner of life and glorify God. John chapter 15 and verse 8, herein is my father glorified that ye bear much fruit so shall ye be my disciples. The more fruit we bear, the more God is glorified. So our desire to bear more fruit is what? That God would receive more glory from our good works in our life, right? My Father is glorified that you bear much fruit. For time's sake, I'll just give you a few more verse references. 1 Peter chapter 4 and verse 11. Philippians chapter 1 and verse 11. Galatians chapter 6 and verse 14. 2 Thessalonians chapter 1 and verse 12. That you would do all these good works leading up into this. And then in verse 12. That the name of our Lord Jesus Christ may be glorified in you and ye in him according to the grace of our God and the Lord Jesus Christ. John 17 and verse 10. All mine are thine and thine are mine and I am glorified in them. Christ is glorified in us. 
And ultimately, that's the theme of heaven. That's the theme God chose out of people before this world began. Ultimately, he predestinated them, ultimately, to be in heaven with him. And we have this this glimpse into heaven. And what will we be doing for all of eternity in heaven? We won't be bragging on ourselves. We won't be saying, I did this action, or I lived a good enough life, or I prayed a prayer, or thank goodness the preacher preached to me so I could accept Jesus Christ. No, what are we going to be doing for all of eternity? We will be glorifying God. We won't be exalting ourselves. We won't be bragging on ourselves at all. That's the theme of heaven in Revelation chapter 4 and 5. Worthy art thou. Why? Because blessing and glory and, and power be unto you. Why? Because you are worthy. You have created us. This is Revelation chapter 4, verses 9 and 11. Revelation chapter 5, verses 12 and 13. Unto you. Lord, be glory and honor and power and praise, for thou hast created all things, and for thy pleasure they are and were created, for his glory and for his honor. So, child of God, many people struggle with what's my purpose in life. Well, you know, according to the word of God, what your purpose in life is. Your purpose in life is to glorify God, to bear much fruit to the glory of God. And we pray that God would bless us to do that acceptably through the power of his Holy Spirit in all manner of our life, and especially today as well. So child of God, today, this Lord's Day, go and worship God in the local church and glorify him for his good will, his good, perfect, and acceptable will in your life. Go and glorify him today for his goodness to lowly sinners like us. May God bless you today. If you enjoy the messages you hear on the Gospel of Grace radio broadcast, we invite you to visit a Primitive Baptist Church in your area. Visit our website at gospel-of-grace.com to search for a Primitive Baptist Church near you, to listen to past messages online, and to find additional contact information. This program is also available on iTunes under Podcasts with the title, The Gospel of Grace, a Primitive Baptist radio broadcast. If you enjoy our program, send us an email at gospelofgracepb at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. This program is produced by Sulphur Springs Primitive Baptist Church, 40283 Wolf Road, Caldonia, Mississippi, and Macedonia Primitive Baptist Church, 11 Staten Road on Highway 15, just north of Ackerman, Mississippi. Come and worship with us each Sunday morning at 1030 And tune in next week for another message from the Gospel of Grace. Until next time, we pray that God shall supply all your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus our Lord.